Athleter Podcast, Jeans and Eddie Wrestling Mindset joins us. Thank you very much for coming on, taking some time out of your day, talk to us about some of the processes that you go through. But what process did you just go through as you signed on? Well, I was working, so I said, hey, let me get I still have 20 minutes before my talk. You guys, pumped to be on. Of course, thank you for having me. So let me get some Airdyne sprints in. So, you know, save my knees all the years of pounding with wrestling and running. So let me do some Airdyne sprints. Just 15 seconds, four times. Pretty shot. I could probably do two more. Two more, I'll feel like I'm throwing up. One more, I'm probably okay, but laying on the ground. But you're good. Pumped. I'm ready to go. So that plays into a thing that I wanted to speak to you about. You don't just talk the talk. There, there are coaches um, throughout this country, throughout the sport, throughout mindset training that talk the talk but don't always walk the walk you have seemed over the last i don't know 30 years that i've known you good lord we're old um the, but but you've seen seemed over the last decades that i we've known each other that you've walked the walk more than most is that some, is that a conscious decision that you make on a daily basis or is this like just something that you do I mean, at this point, it's something that I do, but I, it's, it was definitely conscious and I still have to consciously activate myself, right? I think it's really having good role models. I mean, going back to what you said about knowing each other for 30 years, the first time I ever went to the county tournament, Middlesex County Tournament, New Jersey, watch Mike Malinconico. First year going to New Jersey State Tournament, Mike Malinconico. So it's, you know, you're, you're, it's people, who are you looking at? Who are your heroes? Who are your role models? And just identifying that is definitely a mindset lesson you got to have it you got to know who they are yeah um gino yep when you came into cja cja is a wrestling club in central new jersey that gene trained at and i helped coach at um for a while um when you came in to cja and i'll never forget it it was during uh one of gene lazark's um state champ camps and you put on one of the first wrestling mindset talks that i gotta assume that you ever did um you you told me what your goals and aspirations were with mindset training at that point and i thought you were on to something but i also thought that you were a little bit crazy in trying to tackle it through wrestling if I'm going to be completely honest with you, okay? How much of that, how much did you think you were crazy? How much did you think, oh, I'm on to something? And was it a balance of both or was it like, okay, this might be a really crazy idea, but but I really, I really want to do it in wrestling? I mean, I always said it's, we're going to make it happen. God's grace, of course, but, you know, I always, I always wanted to do this. My brother Jeff having a great, Business partner who's very good at all the things that I'm not good at, right? And now having a solid team. I always wanted to do this. Uh, working with athletes in a mentorship, mindset, sports psychology capacity. I didn't know what flavor it was going to take. Obviously, niche marketing and wrestling proved to be the, the, the greatest thing because now you have an audience. You know how to speak to them because I'm one of them, right? Like you said, as far as the first two club presentations I ever did, probably first at Jeans, the state champ camp, and you brought me into Rhino. 
and that was when we had the, the newspaper article and everything it was right before who's Sam and Bergia, the Monroe contingency. They were all there at the time. Um, yeah, I mean, that was that was the beginning. But I, it was something I knew that I, I wanted to do. You never know exactly how it's going to be. But I was just pretty determined to make it happen. And when you speak people's language, they get you. They see it's genuine. That's the key. You got to be real. And it's hard for a, a sports psychologist to be real with a wrestler if they haven't been in their shoes. Does that make sense? Oh, of course. But do you find... Do you find that that is more true in wrestling? I've found that it is more. I don't. Tr I'll, I'll be honest with you, Gino. I don't. I don't trust anybody that didn't wrestle. <laughs> I know it sounds shitty. I don't care. It's it's true. I I my doctor, my doctor Lynn wrestled pretty at a pretty high level. Like I'm telling you, my lawyer, every everybody in my life that I that I have to place trust in. <clears throat> with the exception of my wife and she can scrap her, herself, but um, everyone's wrestled. So do you, you say you talk to talk, but have you, now that you're working with other sports, it seems like you talk their talk too. Like you speak their language too. Does it, is it more true in wrestling that we, we kind of just trust people that have done it more? Yes, definitely. It's we, we know each you know the, the community it's it's a brotherhood and sisterhood now it's a you know it's the, the the wrestling world that that's always been there I mean mindset's mindset so the reality is I communicate with any sport I communicate with you know business people it doesn't really make a difference but certainly wrestling which is so holistic and I know this is something you always spoke about recovery strength nutrition mindset technique like you name it you need to be all in it's got to be your lifestyle. A wrestler gets that more than any other sport because of the weight loss, the hard work, the skills, the technique. Like certain sports, if you're just a brute, you're just a stud, you'll be a good athlete there. Wrestling, there's so much skill to learn and there's so many different types of ways to win with each body type. You have to be thinking about everything. You have to. Yeah. It's a good point. It seems like you're pretty it seems like you were pretty early on the scene with uh you know thinking about mindset and applying that what are some changes that you've seen uh both to the sport of wrestling but just the approach to mindset uh in sports in general really with beefed up social media like in the in the, the old days when i was watching wrestling when i was competing you had to look in the newspaper to look at box scores who wrestled who and all that and now obviously social media it's just like, yes, it's been here for a while, but it just keeps exploding and growing, right? So I think for athletes, attention span is shorter. Expectations for immediate gratification, immediate success. It's been there for years now, but it just keeps getting the attention span is shorter and shorter. The expectations for fast success is, you know, it just keeps growing. So And the, and the social media, if we don't know how to make it work for us rather than against us, that could hurt too. Obviously, there's a lot of sources of information. Sometimes then you have the analysis to paralysis, paralysis to analysis, right? There's so much. So you could get sucked into all different things. So being able to hone in on what am I looking at, what's going to help me get to my goals, and filtering out what isn't important, which is a hard thing for a young kid to do. Mm. Okay, Gino. You said some words in there that, as a dad, not as a coach, as a dad of an athlete, I struggle with um, imparting <clears throat> on my son. 
instant gratification is always going to be the um unconscious choice of a teenage boy i'm dealing with both but but i i i'm just talking about my son right now how do you explain to them without using reason because reason doesn't always work with with kids they 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 don't always hear reason they, in fact they 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 respond better to emotion than they do to reason so how do you impart without really uh appealing to their intellect but appealing more to their their emotions that instant gratification is not always the best way that prolonged gratification is sometimes most times better surrounding them with successful people which i know you're doing already it's like a lot of lessons are caught more than taught right um i think things my parents a lot of times it would be um sending me a video newspaper article just hey read this it would just be on the table right or you know maybe it's in your lunchbox where you know you're reading about or you're, you're seeing sometimes just the picture or the video you start to learn that lesson whatever lesson it might be whether it's delayed gratification whether it's building confidence whether it's relaxing under pressure just having the newspaper clippings a video for them surrounding them with successful people that's what you could do kind of indirectly there and then of course and then of course there is the talks you have with them i just think it's a combination of everything their environment your words and and the information we put in front of them so anytime you find something where people are delaying gratification in any area putting that out in front of them so we got to do some digging ourselves i know i remember when i was at penn there was a um a newspaper article in the, the daily pennsylvania in the newspaper and they were saying delayed gratification is the number one predictor of success in kids as young as five or six years old what they're even going to do down the line so I, it's just you know one of those things that if, if that was something i was that's something i want to impart into my kids and i do you know put the article down in front of them maybe they don't look at it but hey it's it's there in the room they have to actually physically take it off their bed and put it down so there's a chance they see it right you you are improving the odds in which they see it for sure the mindset i mean the, the obvious answer is hey you know mindset training of course but it's 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 also the people they're surrounded with what they see it's it's a combination of everything the, the way i look at it is who cares what works i want to throw everything at the wall and and obviously when, when you're throwing things at the wall you have an idea already what's kind of a waste so you, you you're kind of know what you're gonna know what to filter out anyway but you throw a lot of good things at the wall and you're looking for one hook that's it you just need one hook what one of the things that that you kind of talked about here is was communicating a message and i feel like now that i've gotten back into the sport of wrestling and i coach so many of the things that have been told to me are now starting to click but when i was 16 17 18 years old it was like yeah 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 how do you how do you get your message across in in a way that actually resonates and and is actionable for the kids that you're working with this is this is why the the, the private time the one-on-one -on -one time and there was a picture of um japanese wrestler that my coach don ernst late don ernst um used to say used, used to put in front of me and it was um japanese wrestler looking up yutaki who is an olympic champ and he's looking at him directly and i have a picture up over my wrestling mat over here and don used to say he has his undivided attention his un and that was just something he always said his undivided attention in this day and age we're competing for that 
right? So the one-on-one -on -one time is big. So if, if I'm trying to get across a message mentally, it's going to happen a lot better one-on-one -on -one versus when he's around his friends. I mean, we work with teams. We can help a team with their mindset, but a kid's not going to be vulnerable and open up about their doubts, fears, and insecurities in front of their coaches, their teammates, people they're going to wrestle off. It's not going to happen. So they need that one-on-one -on -one talking time. So obviously what the parent can do is be there for the kid to talk, right? But the coach can be there also for the kid to talk. And then the mindset coach, like what we would do, that's important too because you need someone who's going to be removed from coach, parent, someone where they feel like they have nothing to lose. And I even think about that with my young boys, right? They're, when they wrestle, they're going to have to talk to someone outside of me. And it can't be Uncle Jeff either. They're going to have to talk to a different mindset coach. They need that undivided attention and a place where they feel like they could be vulnerable. Did that answer mm. your question? Like, how are they going to actually open up? That's how it's going to happen. It's not going to be in front of their, their peers. You know? Man, so many of the things that you say and have said over the years now they just seem well like duh yeah no kidding duh but the and, and like even the 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 need for mindset coaching we have for freaking decades and millennia really said that this sport is 90% mental, right? Like what is, was the, the stupid uh, Yogi Barris at 90% half mental? Yeah. Yep. Well, well, we've said it for freaking decades, but it's only been addressed in the last 20 years. Why do you think that is? I think people are, it's good voices like yourselves, other people who are doing this, partially us, like all of us are getting the word out about how holistic the sport is. And I know all sports speak about it like that, but there's nothing that demands everything of you like wrestling. So a wrestler can and should get this before any other any other sport. I think the athletes, when you, when you go through, when you're pouring your whole heart into something and you're giving everything, you're looking for answers. What can give me the edge, right? And I think, I think that now with even like certain aspects of education, certainly not all of education, but some aspects of looking at things more holistically, looking at things more preventative rather than treating, rather than just treating the illness, how do we prevent things? That helps. I think, I think people realize that when you think you have all the answers, you need to change your questions, right? You're either growing or you're dying. That has everything to do with, you know, my content with where I'm at or am I trying to get better? And as my dad always said, the, the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. I think people get that now more than anything else. And with strength training being so prevalent, nutrition, all these different specialists across the sport, the technical specialists, video analysis, mindset is then naturally going to assume its proper place in wrestling because that's just another dimension of the sport. So it's a lot of good voices that are kind of pushing the same message. The nutritionist is saying the same thing as me. It's holistic. The strength coach is saying the same thing as me. So, so is the coach. We're all speaking the same language. We're on each other's side. We're just trying to bring out this athlete's potential. And how do you do it? other than crossing your T's, dotting your I's, and controlling every single aspect of the sport. But I spoke to the National Coaches Convention last week in Fort Lauderdale. This is our 11th year speaking there. And I let these coaches know in a very meaningful way that if you think you're going to reach your potential without working directly on your mindset, not just the team talk, but deliberate focus for long-term behavioral change, you're sorely mistaken. Everyone needs this. It's for everyone. Like How many? Okay, we. I agree with you. I 100% I, I agree with you. But 
put a. Uh, I don't want to ask you how many teams and individuals you work with. I want you to try your best to answer the question: how, What percentage of? Let's just talk about wrestling. What percentage of high school and above wrestling programs are spending time deliberately working on mindset? Very poor, very low. I'm going to put a number on it, 5% maybe. You're saying five? That are, that are actually, we're not talking about, we're not talking about the coach after practice sitting. No, there. no. We're, I'm talking about. Yeah. Carving out specific time for, for mindset training. I mean, okay. Like what, when I talk to coaches, cause I'll ask them, what are, what are you doing? Some coaches will say we're doing mindset training. They'll say they talk to the teams after practice. That's not it. I have the team write down their goals. Good. That's a good step in the right direction. I still would have considered that mindset training because, because it needs to be revisited on a consistent basis. It needs to be reinforced. It, is that why? It's well. It's one mental muscle, and it's one aspect of the mental muscle. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the mind like the body, right? If a kid just does push-ups, is he strength training? Mm-mm. I, I yes and no, right? Right, you're, but you're, no, yeah. But you're not right. I'm looking at the mind, and I'm saying we we work with the kid. First thing we do, mindset checklist. Where are you in goal setting, mental toughness, motivation, present moment, competence, clarity, um, relaxing under pressure, and aggressiveness. I'm sizing the wrestle up based based on those mental muscles. Where are you strong? Where are you weak? And then you're going to have to do mindset exercises on each one of those because the areas that are strong, they got to get stronger and the weaknesses need to be brought up. So actually doing serious mindset training where this is a part of their team, like analogous to strength training, I would say 5%, 10%. We've worked with about a third of Division One programs. About one third of the Division One programs, wrestling mindset has worked with them at this point. Not saying we work with all of them now, but it's still a relatively known low number. Um, I know the top three team teams in the NCAA's they travel with their mindset coach, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying even not not even us. But I know Penn State, Cornell, I believe Iowa. Their sports psychologist travels around with them, mm-hmm. and I'm of the mentality like, hey, I'd love to help everyone. I'd love to help every team and every wrestler in the country, even if you're not going to use us. That's fine. Use someone. Work on your mind. And I'm happy to let anyone know, okay, you have a sports psychologist. Okay, make sure you're doing these kind of things. Great. Off you go. Get it done. Take care of it. Just don't leave it to chance. I'm I'm disheartened by that number. It's frustrating because, because we all want an edge. We all want an edge. But yep. are we are what what do you think the draw like what do you think why do you think that it's only five percent? I mean we have to like the most of the wrestling community has to know that like we've said this for decades, and for you to think that that you're just going to leave it to chance, like you said, is that it? Like they're just they're too ignorant, or or like if a I've heard teams using a sports psychologist or we'll or we'll we'll work with one of the teams. And then it's like you work with them one or two years, and then it's like, okay, we got it now. And it's like, no, that's that's not what it's like. Like you could you could be a strength coach and show a team the workouts. They still need that strength coach. The strength coach doesn't go away. It's not like just information. Remember, competence and, and motivation, they don't stay like this. They go up and down, up and down, and new kids come in each year. I think with mindset, there's still a lot of misunderstandings what it is. And a lot of the people still think it's 
oh, it's just visualization or it's, or it's just write down your goals because it's mindset is more abstract, theoretical. It seems more philosophical. So we can't put our finger on it as much. People don't realize, no, you need to go through the mindset exercises, do the worksheets, do the activities. Most people have no idea what they are. So it's a big misconception of what exactly mindset training is. I could ask anyone, how do I get stronger arms? They'll tell me bench press, shoulder press, pull-ups, rope climb, push-up, so on and so forth. I could say, what do I need to do to get stronger legs? Squats, deadlifts, leg press, thigh curl, they'll rattle them off. What are the exercises to build confidence? Like really, what would you do? What do you tell a kid? And coaches might be able to name one or two things, but then no, I, it should be, you could name 10 different confidence exercises. That's what we supply for the teams. We're now A, B, C, D, E, F, do all of them. And at least one of them is going to work, right? So it's not knowing exactly what it is. And a lot of kids feel like still looking at it as I don't need help. I don't want to be perceived as weak. And that's the wrong way of looking at it. You don't, you don't perceive your strength training like that. You don't say, I'm not going to lift weights because I don't want people to think I'm wimpy. Maybe people thought that back in the 30s or 40s, but no one's looking at it like that now. So mindset, because it's more abstract, it's got to catch up still. But people are waking up. And really good people are using it, clearly. One of the things you mentioned was so much of what you're doing is helping you know, helping kids to find the answers. And I'm sure that you have a lot of those answers already. Um, but is that process more about you giving them the answers or are you helping them find the answers on their own? We, we have a good idea now at this point working with tens and thousands of athletes, not just myself. We have 70 mindset coaches across the country. I've been doing this for 15 years. We have a good idea what the answers are going to be. Every kid's different, of course, just like no two fingers on your hand are the same. But there are principles that underlie everyone because we're human and human nature doesn't change. Okay, so we, we know that, but it's important for them to prove it to themselves. As an example, one of the first mindset exercises we do, we do with athletes and, and if Mike, maybe your, your kids have already done this, but if not, they should do this. Write down your three best matches. What exactly were you, were you thinking before and during your best matches? Doesn't mean you necessarily won, but what were you telling yourself on a scale of one to 10? What was your energy level like? At what exactly? And then find the underlying themes, the underlying patterns or threads between those three matches. Then on a different sheet of paper, write down your three worst matches. What were you thinking before, during? What was your energy level like on a scale of one to 10? And then find the underlying themes, patterns, and threads. And when you're holding those two pieces of paper side by side, and you're looking at it, best matches, worst matches, they prove it to themselves. They prove it to themselves. Oh, when I'm wrestling my best, I'm treating it the same. I'm not putting too much pressure on myself. I don't care who they are. I'm focusing on my technique. I know what they're going to tell me. And then in my worst matches, I'm making it into a big deal. I don't want to let my dad down. I don't want to look bad in front of my friends. I was thinking I was thinking about who my opponent was, what their technique is. I know what they're going to say, but when they put it down, they're proving it to themselves. I want them to be a lawyer and build the evidence for it. Build their own case. <laughs> that's, that's the key. Because I could keep saying it, but when they write it down, it's you proved it to me that mindset was 90% of the sport. You proved it to me. I didn't tell you. Well, right? That's interesting. Yeah. No, that's okay. So now you, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not going to ask this question in hopes that you give me a name. 
I'm I'm going to ask this next question in hopes that you give me a type of human being. Okay, Wh who has been the most difficult to work with? What type of athlete, I guess, is is the most difficult to work with in terms of getting them to change poor habits? Apathy, apathetic people. If you don't care. Like you can't put your heart. I mean, you know, I, I could give you the mindset exercises, but you, you can't put your heart into someone else. You could try to appeal to them different ways. It's, it's, it'd be the same thing for a strength coach or for a technical coach, the person who just doesn't care. Now I'm not saying there aren't different tricks and things you can try with, try with them to with them. And, and once you see a little, a little flicker, if hopefully you could find one, you fan the flame a little bit, but you ultimately can't want it for them. So that would be the hardest one, but I feel like that's almost too easy of an answer. It is. And, 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 and I'm not letting you off the hook here. What about the ones that do care? What about the ones that really do care? Then, then it's the ones who, th then, then in second place for the most difficult to get through are the people who think they know it all. Mm. And, and for them, what you really want to do is it's, that's why you got to have the conversations and there's no substitute for having their undivided attention spending time with them, take them out to eat, talk to them for an extended period of time and, and try to see you're, you're looking for, you're looking for an avenue. You're looking for a door that they leave open that now you can work with. That's all you're looking for. You just need one door that they have up where they, they feel like they know everything. You want to get them to where they, where either they admit to the fact that they don't know something, or if they're saying, Hey, I'm doing, I'm, I'm already working hard or they, they let's say they pride themselves on being a really good thinker. Hey, I don't need other people's help because I'm smart. I know that, you know, I know this already. Well, if they're smart, they're going to attack all the different areas of the sport. What percentage do they think is mental? What percentage do they think is nutrition and so on and so forth? You, you kind of have to pull it out of them, but it's, it's going to be hard if you don't have their undivided attention and you, and you got to do that one-on-one. -on -one. Still not easy. I'm not no. saying you can get through to everyone, but it's the, Number one, the hardest is apathetic. Two is the one who thinks they have all the answers. You know, who are their heroes? Maybe their heroes are, will, will express somehow that they're working on their mindset or they're open to different modes of training or that, that, they're, that their role model is humble enough to say, hey, I'll, I'll take anything I can get. I'll do anything I can to improve my, my wrestling. And you go that avenue with them. But it's tough. You're right. It's tough. Is mindset training something you think applies more so to different skill levels? So if you, is it more someone who's already been wrestling for several years and is looking to get that, that last edge, or is it something where you're starting from the very beginning and should be kind of built into the foundation of how you approach a sport? If a kid, if a kid is, if a, if a kid's nine years old and they're wrestling all year round, or like seven or eight months out of the year, which is you know almost all year round for a kid like that, multiple times a week, two or three times a week, they need to start mindset training at nine years old because they have coaches in their head, they have competitions they're going to. There's a lot to deal with, especially now. So at nine, I wouldn't necessarily recommend the weekly program for a nine-year-old. I would say you need to start at least twice a month. And I get it that the kid is at nine, you're not that capable of abstract theoretical thinking. That's not why you're doing it at nine, 10, 11 years old. You're doing it to become familiar with concepts, be able to regurgitate information, and, and that, that familiarity, 
general mm. lessons. It's not that the kid can't think. They're at they're at an age of reason, but they can't do more formal logic. And they're not as introspective. That's okay. Once the kid's 12, 11, 12 years old, definitely by 12, if they're serious, if it's at all possible, they got to work on their mindset once a week. It's mandatory. A half hour a week is not asking that much for a kid. And given all they're doing physically, they got to do it. The parameters, the mental parameters change different years. An eighth grader who's the top of the middle school going into high school, it's a different thing. So confidence and motivation could fluctuate. The, the senior in high school to the freshman in college, again, it could fluctuate. Each, each year, there's different struggles, right? All of a sudden, a kid gets their driver's license. Okay, that's a big distraction. Now they start dating. Big distraction. Could help them, could hurt them. We've seen it wreck more wrestling careers than anything else, right? Um, there's, there's, there's a kid, there's a kid, there's, um, certain kids, they'll do everything their dad tells them to do. And then they learn the word no. And then what? Right. A kid, a kid is doing really well. All of a sudden now they're ranked in the state or the country for the first time. They beat their, their first ranked opponents. This does a number on us mentally. We're at a certain wrestling club. We see that a kid that we've been training with, all of a sudden they start jumping levels. We wonder, what about me? I'm working harder than they are. They just grew a lot. So answering your question a little more directly, it's for everyone. You your mind is changing constantly. There's different external surroundings. And we're not even talking about life that throws us curveballs and that knocks us off our horse uh, in different ways. you got to put time in on it. And and for each age, it's going to be something a little bit different. And for each kid, it's going to be different. The only mistake would be not to put time in on it. And again, I'm not saying that means everyone has to use wrestling mindset. I'd love to work with everyone. Just get help. Work with someone. Put time yeah. in your mindset. Yeah, that's <clears> – yeah, it's, it's such a valuable component that we – that we've all agreed is valuable, but yet we're not – all doing something about and that is boy is that mm, frustrating to me um but that's okay that's that's fine one of the things that i love about what you do with wrestling mindset is uh, because my my job as a wrestling coach is to prepare you for life i don't really care how many wins you get that's great like i've seen so many people get their hand raised it just doesn't mean anything really to me it's more this is a vehicle to transport you to the to the best part of your life so how do you is there a particular instance that you can think of how do you deal with those curveballs that you like you said knock you off your horse in the middle of the most inopportune time of your life like how do you how do you prepare young athletes to deal with the kind of crap that life is going to throw at them for the rest of their lives right and like i said wrestling is just a vehicle to build mental skills and virtue for their whole life and this goes back 300 bc aristotle talking about virtue and if you build virtue, you'll be good at anything you do. If all you aim for is success, you might be successful in that one specific domain, but the rest of your life could be in shambles. Mm. Think about your, you know, some of our favorite athletes, uh, movie stars, singers. 
you can have all the success, all the fame, all the Instagram followers, you know, they're great looking and, and they could be depressed. Right. And like, I don't take that lightly as, as a, you know, my background in clinical psychology, being a school psychologist, like that's a big deal. Uh, I, we're trying to hook them with wrestling right away. If I'm talking to a kid, what is it? What's a kid thinking about at that age? They're thinking about a serious wrestler. They want to win middle school, high school, college. They're thinking about winning. So I'm going to use that strategically. I can help you win with mindset. I can make you a better wrestler with your mindset. Start with that. Once you get that hook, you're applying every single mindset lesson to school and to their life. We talk about aggressiveness. Yeah, nine out of 10 times, the athlete that's erring on the side of gutsy, going for it, taking chances, being intelligently aggressive, of course, the guy who's making their, make, making their own breaks usually is more successful. Well, I don't want you to just be aggressive in wrestling. I want you to be aggressive in school. Are you raising your hands? Are you the volunteer? Are you asking questions? Do you find your tutor? If you're in college, do you sit in the front row? Are you going to your writing center? Do you go in for extra help? Right. And then, okay, now you're applying for jobs. Are you reaching out to people? Are you using your wrestling connection to try to punch you? Are you involved in wrestlers and business? Are you speaking to some of your alumni? You know, business, you might not call it being aggressive. You might call it being tactfully tenacious. Right. But the same damn thing now. No difference, very little difference. So that's that's how you hook them with you want to win. We can help you win. But right away, once you get that hook from the very beginning, when we're doing our mindset training, there's sections for okay, if we're doing confidence, what's what's your your list of uh, your strengths? What do you what are you good at? Any competent person needs to know what is it that I'm good at. Our list contains wrestling, school, and life. So these wrestlers are filling out filling out three columns every time. We talk about the predator-prey mindset, that analogy for focusing on what you can control, not what you can't control. Predator mindset, what is it in, what are your prey thoughts in sports, wrestling? What are your prey thoughts in school? What are your prey thoughts in life? And now change that to a predator mindset. Instead of focusing on what's outside of your control, change it to what you can control. So it's built into our program. And every, I feel like good coaches do that naturally. You're, you're applying that lesson. I think back to Coach Saatchi, the Silver Fox, back when I was over at Rutgers. And he would say, you know, kid shows up late for practice. He said, you know, he would say, hey, look, if you show up to a job late, you're looking for another job. Right? It, was, it wasn't just that, that. That was the lesson. He was thinking about not how this is relating to wrestling. It's that you show up late for work, you're looking for another job. So building that in, constantly emphasizing that, and you do that, coaches, other coaches out there do it. It's just we need to keep reminding ourselves to do it. Don't let off the gas. Keep pressing that button. Wrestlers should be the best students. They should be the best citizens, the best parents, the best in their faith and everything. Because we, we have the sport that can and should build the most um, mental skills and virtue. And that's, that's our whole goal. All of us, you, me, all good coaches. Yeah, for sure. Um while the last time I asked you, I wasn't looking for a name. Now I am. Who has made, and you don't have to tell me a name, but I would love a, a specific instance. Who has made the biggest turnaround in that someone or a group of people that you've worked with? And, and how did you go about getting that turnaround? How did you go about getting those results? You know, I mean, I, I immediately think of kids that, that I've worked with, people who've, who've struggled with 
eating disorders or extreme anxiety, or we weren't even talking about wrestling right away. Right. Like that's right. So, okay. Okay. Now we're talking because this, this sport and while I, I agree with you, um, it is a phenomenal, um, tool to build virtue and, but it, it is riddled with some pitfalls and eating disorders are a thing in this sport and they have you know gotten their hooks into to kids and and stuff and, and addiction is part of this sport and nobody likes to talk about parent relationships that's another one i mean mm -hmm. countless countless relationships where the, the kid and the father either aren't talking or have a horrible relationship mm -hmm. i mean but like you said before how could how could i put a championship in fargo or an ncaa championship how can I compare that? How could I possibly even put that in the same domain as helping mend a parent-child relationship? Mm. How could I put that in the same in the same you know category as, as helping a kid out of depression or or, or with anxiety or, any, or an eating disorder? Like you said, those are the things I think that are that are much bigger. Guys get guys getting into their dream school. That you know, like you just can't. Wrestling is that vehicle. I wouldn't have an Ivy League diploma if it wasn't for wrestling. That's my biggest wrestling accomplishment. People ask me, it's like, was this tournament, that tournament, beating this guy or that guy? I said, my diploma. So yeah. I don't know that, that doesn't necessarily answer your question. But wouldn't be, it's not as exciting as, as thinking about maybe a title that's won. But that is the biggest win. Helping a kid with their life. Mending a, mending a parent-child relationship. You know? How do you approach mindset and and working with a kid when you can see that a lot of their issues are stemming from their home life first some some athletes you know you know that's what it is you oh yeah you can't say it right away you can't you can't say it right away boy he's a problem <laughs> <laughs> so quickly i realized we have to just like we said the holistic approach we need to treat the total wrestler uh, my master's degree thesis, and we're publishing this, we're going to put this out as a book, the relationship between anxiety and perfectionism in wrestlers. Now, perfectionism was broken down into six subscales, six subcategories, and two of them had to do with parents, parental criticism and parental expectations. Now, remember this, we're not dealing with reality here. We're dealing with a, a child's perception of reality. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that the parents were critical or had expectations that doesn't matter no in, in in this situation what's important is the subjective experience now obviously that's not true for all other areas of life but we're helping a kid mentally his subjective experience matters okay so i realized we have to be able to extract this information out of the wrestler so one of our mindset lessons one of our first mindset lessons is parent mindset guide we have the wrestler fill out the, these questions answering yes or no to questions that we that I could tell you from my my thesis, okay, red flag, parental expectations too high, parental criticism too high. So first thing I have them answer the yeses and nos. Then what I'll have them do is on the next sheet we have them write down. So that that's more like the the quantitative, just yes, no, a or a or b, one or zero, right? Very binary, in other words. Then we have them do a more qualitative exercise where it's what are some of the things that are my parents what my parents are doing that's helping me mentally what are some of the things that my parents are doing that might be inadvertently hurting me mentally right like as an example 
I could say my dad was is, was always very supportive, took me everywhere, believed in me, all that. Okay, that, that's how he was helping me. What might have he been doing that was inadvertently hurting me mentally? Well, a lot of times I noticed that he would say, oh, don't worry about when I was a freshman. Oh, you're only a freshman. This guy's a junior or senior. He said it meaning well, but in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so I'm not supposed to beat a, a junior or senior, right? So little thing like that, very small, very small. Or if I got scored on, my, my dad would say, oh, oh, this kid took you down. Wow, they're getting a lot better, right? And, and then now it's in my head like, oh, I can't get scored on. And then I wouldn't wrestle as free. I would clamp up. Can so you give me an extreme case, please, um, of something that – We had a wrestler from Blair. We had a wrestler from Blair. It was both parents. <laughs> now, normally we, normally we see it from the dad. We had it where this kid was dealing with a lot of crap from both parents. And, like, it was bad. Yeah. Where, like, the, the, like the, the dad still competed in martial arts. And the mom was like, I don't understand why it's not like my husband. My husband just snaps on and he could compete against anyone. And I'm like, holy crap, this is not good. Because usually the mom's coming to the kid's aid. Right. And, and, and in this situation, it was like the mom was like, why can't he be more like his dad? And it's like, oh, boy. You know, mm -hmm. so I, so we have, that, we have them go through these different questions, right? And then from there, we have the athlete. We tell them, we recommend you now sit down with your parent. And go through some of these a the answers, these questions you wrote down to open up the dialogue. Because one of the things you notice the top <clears> wrestlers <throat> do is they have dialogue with their coaches and with their environment. So we want the young kids, even middle school, high school, to get in the habit of you need to communicate with your parents. Parents and coaches don't know don't know everything. We think we're helping you, but we could be hurting you in some ways. So writing it down, how do I want you to deal with me on match day? Talk to me about wrestling. Don't talk to me about wrestling. Just joke around. Um, do you want me to give you any feedback? What's your level of sensitivity? Do you want me to lay off completely? So how, I, we have the kid go through that, and then we recommend they sit down with their parent and they go through it, and then we'll ask them, okay, how did it go with your parents? And then we'll say, okay, what do you think might change? Now let's say things don't change. How are you going to deal with it? If your dad stays. Yeah, right. Right. That's, that's, that's a very distinct possibility. It's like, look, I try, I, I reach out an olive branch. I, they don't want to deal with it. Well, tough shit. You still got to deal with it. Right. And, and that's, and that's, and I tell the kids and not to be a pessimist, but that's the probable scenario. Yeah. You're working on your mindset. Your parents not doing the mindset training. So when stress, and, when, and it always happens at a bad time, stress is when we tend to remember this. In a stressful situation, we tend to revert back to our most practiced behavior. That's why you don't want to live a schizophrenic life where where you asked me before, you live the code. Yeah, you better live the code because if you don't live the code when you're under stress, you're going to your revert back to your, your be... most practiced behavior is going to come back out. So you better live it. You know, you better you better be genuine and 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 anything in you that's not genuine and we all got it, you got to kind of root it out and get rid of it. Because it's only going to hurt you. So assuming your parents stay the same, how do you deal with it? And we do the very same exercise with the athlete and their coach. Writing down what's helping you, what's hurting you, and then sit down with the coach, go through it. And if things don't change, how do you deal with it? So and it's, and it's, and it's a struggle, but at least the kid is now, we're addressing it. And we have seen it in certain situations. We're opening the door to communication. The parents are more, are more open to it. Like in this kid's, in the Blair wrestler's situation, I had to actually reach out to both parents independently and talk to each of them on the phone 
and say, hey, you know, I went through, I, I took your kid through to di the different exercise and I was noticing he feels pressure. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you're putting pressure on them, even though I knew they were. Yeah, that's, that's irrelevant, but you give them an out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, look, I know you want to see your kid win. The best way to help your kid win, this is what he's saying he needs. You know, you could, and, and it definitely lightened up for him his senior year. And he wound up taking a fifth out in the in the prep nationals. Then wound up getting a scholarship to a Division One school, but he didn't start up until the senior year. Dude, and I, I, what I think is the most valuable lesson that is wrapped in that is like you're preparing kids for the inevitable reality of like, yeah, you can't expect everyone to change around you and for you. Like that is a, that is a valuable freaking lesson. And sometimes you do things right. You do everything right. And you still don't get what you want. That is a valuable lesson to impart upon kids, man. It's, 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 a, and there's a few lessons laced into that. There's number one, self-awareness and being aware, being real honest, like what are my sensitivity levels like? And I, again, I look at myself, my two brothers, we're all decent wrestlers, right? Three different, three different personalities, right? Mm. Like Jeff, you could just tell Jeff, Hey, if you don't work on your defense, you're going to lose, right? He's okay. Right. Good. He, he, he's got it for me. I'm a little more sensitive than that. It's okay. You know, why does it, why do they have to frame it like that? I hold a little bit, you know, maybe hold mm. a little bit of a grudge for a little while. Come around. You might turn off Greg forever. Mm. <laughs> he might not listen to you ever again because you, you were just way too blunt. And the downside of that is Greg wound up becoming the best wrestler out of the three of us. So, you know, now it's 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 both ends. It's not just the wrestler being aware of themselves. The wrestler has to then, okay, I'm too sensitive. I got to work on that. That's that's my own demons I got to deal with. Mm. Um, but it's also communicating. It's self-awareness. And the other lesson is you need to now communicate this with other people. And now in our texting generation, I'm the old days. You had to if you wanted a ball game going, you had to knock on the door. You had to see the parent. You ring the doorbell. Hey, Mrs. Jones is 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 Albert home? You know, you had to call for the kid, and then you had yeah. to call the next house. You know, if you if you liked a girl, it wasn't text her. You had to, you know you had to call the house line. You'd get the mom on the phone. You got to talk to her to get the girl on the phone. Now there's none of that communication, so they got to get used to verbally. And I really think that gives a kid an edge in their career in the future. Sure, picking up the phone. So it's a lot of lessons laced into it, not just the mindset, but how do I improve my own sensitivity as well as how do I communicate that to other people? And that's going to be important when you're married. You better communicate to your wife. What are my needs? What are my sensitivities? Hey, I don't like this line being crossed. And then, yes, I can work on my sensitivity, but she also knows not to cross that line. And then, and then I can have some compassion for her because, hey, she, she's got a tough too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, I'm how much of mindset coaching can be addressed by a normal coach that's that's running a, a club or a high school team versus needing a specifically designated mindset coach? Anyone could work on the mindset. It's it's just you you want to try to find an optimal environment, right? It's it's if we're talking about optimizing, it's never optimal optimal for the parent or for someone involved in the program like the coach to be the mindset coach because there's more dynamics involved and you're not going to get the hold back a little bit and that little bit that they hold back is what needs to be addressed as like with my kids i i, I built wrestling mindset my brother and i we built wrestling mindset they can't be the kids mindset coach 
And it wouldn't be smart for whatever school they go to for one of their coaches to, because everyone has their role, right? Well, I, I can't be, I'm, my job shouldn't be coaching my kid on the sideline. If you're my kid's coach, that's your job. Can I coach my kid from the sideline? Sure. And I can do a good job of it, but that's not my job. I got to stay in my lane. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can do it, but is it optimal to do it? That's really what it is. I think every coach should have a knowledge of mindset. Sure. Are there different, are there certain mindset exercises you could, you could take your team through as a coach? Absolutely. And, and you should do that. But as far as really getting into the nitty gritty of the individual, that's when it, that's when it's going to get hard. That's when you're, you're going to be, you want to squeeze out every ounce of potential out of them. You don't want them holding anything back. You don't want to give them any reason to hold back. That extra 2% is the only 2% that you actually need. It, it could be, it could, it, could, it could be the most important. And if we're going to do it, why not, why not milk that 2% out? Why leave it to chance? If there's even, if there's even a 1% chance that sounds funny now with all these numbers. If there's even a one percent chance that two percent chance makes the difference, right? <laughs> that right. I got it. There's a lot of percentages in there. I didn't get the Ivy League education, but I do understand some of that stuff. But all right, let, let, we we got to kind of wrap this up. And and God, I could probably do this for another three or four hours with you. But other time. Yeah, we're 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 going to for sure. And I, I, all right, let's, let's do this. The, the top three things that everyone is overlooking right now in this sport, what are they overlooking right now in terms of mindset in this sport? What is like, almost everybody is just overlooking this stuff. Number one is doing it. There's no doubt about it that you have to cross your T's, dot your I's. You have to be working with a mindset coach if you're serious about wrestling, one on one. So I, yeah, I still have to say that's number one, right? Okay. Um. Two, if we're gonna get a little more specific, sure. Focusing way too much on the outcome. It's almost mm. all of us. It's great to have your goals. Write down your goals. Have long-term goals. Have short-term goals. But the reality is, you don't want to focus. You want the day-to-day -day basis. You want to focus on the things in your control right? Your preparation, your lifestyle, your effort, your attitude, your aggressiveness. So that's, that's, that's what you got to be looking at. And then the only time you should really be focusing on an out, an outcome goal is when you're feeling tired, bored, lazy, peer pressured. That's when you got to snap it back in and say, stay champ, stay champ, stay champ. But that's not what you should be thinking about most of the time. And then finally, I'd have to also say, which I guess kind of like in between of um, micro and macro level would be perspective you've got to keep it in perspective and really like you said using wrestling as a vehicle to improve you in life and that if, if all you get out of wrestling is being a state or national champ or olympic champ even you've 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 lost you've made the biggest mistake you could have gotten so much more out of the sport and so i'd have to say perspective so number one do the mindset do make sure you're getting your mindset coaching in two um what did i say there Focusing too much on the outcome. It's got to go. Or and looking, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak a fourth in there for you. That's fine. Okay. Focusing to comparing ourselves to other people and thinking about what other people's opinions are. It's that entire prey mindset of things outside of your control. If you're focusing on that, looking good in front of other people, not wanting to look bad. I want to impress people. I, I don't want to lose or make mistakes. That's that's going to hurt you. And then, and then third being perspective. Awesome. 
Can we do the magic wand question real quick, Joel? Do we have a second? Okay. Yeah, do it. Um, if you had a magic wand and you could change one thing about the sport of wrestling, what would it be? We were just we we're just talking about mindset the whole time. <laughs> really, ever everyone worked. Yeah, that's so, fair. Let me try. Let me try to give you something else, right? Okay. I go. I keep the two point takedowns. Really? Why? I don't like it. I'm a traditionalist. No, it's it's because I, I feel like you get control. Because I feel like it just opens up too many different th things. Now, guy, now guy scores a point. It's about control. If I get a takedown and then you reverse me, it's, I got control. Now you have control. Uh -huh. I don't know. Uh, I just, I, just, okay. I, just I, I go, I go with, I go with the two points. I don't like the, um, I don't like shaking it up. That wouldn't be the main thing I would change. I just want to give you something like fun that maybe you I do. I no, I, I oh, no, yeah, it's good. Right. Well, now you got me thinking. I got. I keep. I keep two points. It's control. It's like the whole. I'm trying to get control of you. I have control. So you. then you, you 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 do feel then then that the escape point is warranted. So 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 by that logic, by that logic, you feel as though an es escaping is is worth fifty percent of a takedown. I haven't really thought about it. I, I feel like I figured up here's here's the way I've looked at it my whole life. It's hard to tell you because I'm on the spot. I would say it feels like you no longer have control over me when you had control over me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's like yeah. if, you, if, I, if I take you down and then you reverse me, I have control. Now you have control. I get it. Like I like takedowns too. I like to score points. Right, 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 right. right. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. And it does aggravate me that if I could cut someone and take them down three times and I'm, uh, it's, I'm only up six, three. I think yeah. I a little bit more. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm a purist in that area. Still, I'm, I'm open. I'm open to changing my, my, my perspective. I know. I like, I like that you said it. Cause it does, it, it does, it does provoke a lot of at least conversations, maybe not thought, but certainly conversations because I think a lot of people have found themselves, um, emotionally reacting to the three-point takedown as opposed to actually putting any thought into it, right? Like, at least you put some thought into it, right? There's a lot of folks who, that are just literally saying, no, well, why? Well, I don't know, Cause, just because, <laughs> you know? I'm open to being convinced otherwise. I think sure. that's tough because we're, we're getting so deep into the nitty-gritty and all details. Right. Hey, what would change about wrestling? Keep the two-point takedown. Keep it simple. There you go. All right, Jeans and Eddie, how do they get how do the people get a hold of you if they want to talk to you about mindset or anything else? Wrestlingmindset.com. Go to our Instagram page. DM us. No problem. Wrestling mindset. I'm the, you know, like I said before, I'd love to help every single wrestler and every single team in the country. I get it. It's not going to necessarily be for everyone exactly what we do, but we're happy to be happy to consult, give you anything you needed as far as any questions. Can we give you any direction? You're working with someone in mindset, how, how you can optimize what they're doing. We just want to be a resource for the wrestling community. There's so much good we could do there if we all band together. And I just, let's just keep it going. So wrestlingmindset.com, anyone wants to do a free trial session, we're happy to do that with you. Teams, now's a great time to get started in August because once the hustle and bustle of the season starts, it's it becomes difficult then it's make weight wrestle make weight wrestle you handle these kind of things well in advance and you know you ask yourself if not me who if not here where if not now when when's the best time to start mindset training always now 
Same as same answer for when you start your technique or your nutrition. Right now. Start now. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. I love what you do. Appreciate you, brother, man. I will talk to you very soon, and we will make sure to get you on this podcast again. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate guys. you, brother. Thank you.